Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. You were missed, and it's such a pleasure to have you back on Dr. History, Dr. Ken Turner, and you were in Africa. I was in Southeast Africa, the country of Malawi. Why? What? You know, I've got a good friend. Him and his wife were there as Christian missionaries. They've been there for a year, and he, my friend Jack said, you've got to come. You've got to come and see this. I thought, you know, it's not on my bucket list, but hey, I've got a place to stay. I've got somebody that can take us around. And so I said, okay, I'm going. And then uh, my brother, Stan Turner, he said, hey, I'll go with you. So I had a traveling companion, and that was great, too. I bet you, and I'm going to kind of hurry here so we cover a lot of this, having your brother there was probably a real crutch. Oh, you know, having him with me, we thought we were able to do more things because he was with me. Because really? there, was, there was two of us, yeah. Okay, we talked just a few moments ago about your initial reaction to the country from the airplane. Beautiful. Green and beautiful. But, but, then what happened? Okay, when you, uh, when you get down on the ground and you start going through the towns, you know, uh, people there will sell everything and anything to make enough money to buy food for the day. It's, a, it's about the third or fourth poorest country in the world. Now, let me give you an example on their money, okay? Uh, their money is, uh, is it's called kwacha, okay? Kwacha. Now, 1,000 kwacha is $1.40. 10,000 kwacha is $14. So a hundred thousand is a hundred and thirty eight dollars. So so you know the the so it's a, like a one point four ratio. Yeah, it's it's about like that. So okay. so let me just I'll just tell you again, green, beautiful, uh, thousands of acres of they call it maize, which we would call corn, tea, thousands of acres, uh, tobacco. Uh, now the maize is a huge staple of their. Uh, diet and every family has their own little plot of corn or maize. Well, now I'm going to interject here something, and you've kind of touched on it. If it's such a lush, green, growing country, very adaptable for crops, why are they starving? Well, they're not really starving, but it takes everything they can to provide for their families. So. It, all work is done by manual labor. The tea leaves are picked by manual labor. Uh, they have macadamia nuts that they pick. Uh, and the thing I found interesting is they carry everything on their head. I've seen them carry tubs of water, uh, sticks, wood. Uh, on their head? On their head. It's balanced. They walk so How that, much does that weigh? Oh, I, you know, 30, 40 pounds. 30. They don't have any necks. Uh, no, well, they have very strong necks. <laughs> <laughs> but no electricity or water out uh, from the cities. Really? And in the city itself, uh, even the house where we stayed, uh, during the day, usually there would be times when there would be no electricity. So you'd be looking at an indoor or outdoor restroom facility? They had a generator at Jack's house. <laughs> I so, see. But we did eat by candlelight a few times. Now... Uh, everybody walks or bikes, okay? Okay. Uh, that's just the way it is. They have what they call bike t- 
taxis. So you'd see a, uh, in some of the towns, you'd see these bicycles, and on the back would be a board about the size of a 2x6, about 18 to 24 inches long with a pad. And so that guy was a taxi. If you wanted to go from here to there, you would pay him to bike you to that place. And you go up and sit on the board. Right, exactly. How much does it cost? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't try it. Now, the other thing is they have thousands of these little vans that are kind of like a Volkswagen bus van. Okay. And uh, these come from Japan after they've had like about 200,000 miles on them. Oh, my goodness. They so, still run? And they come to, to Malawi. And what they'll do is they'll put a sign in the window of their van. Okay, so they're parked usually several together, so as many as 10 or 15 of these vans. You walk along, and you find a van that has the name of the place you want to go to. Then you get in the van, and you sit there until the van is full. And it might take an hour or two hours. As soon as the van is full, they take off as fast as they can. These vans have uh, about 12 to 15 people in these little vans going to wherever... Now, did you do this? No, I didn't do that. didn't do that. Nope, I didn't do that. Uh, Bikes carry everything. I saw bikes loaded absolutely above the the top of the rider's head. Oh, my. And then going up hills, they get off and they push. I saw bikes with uh, charcoal, uh, chickens, uh, things tied on, and uh, they would actually cut grass and go sell it to the dairies or the, the people that had cows. So well, that's how the, the farmers got feed for their animals. What about the roads? What about the infrastructure? The roads uh, were sometimes very good and sometimes very bad. Sometimes, dirt? Yeah, sometimes just dirt roads. Yeah. I see. So as you go throughout the, the country, you cannot go very far, even out in the country, without seeing somebody beside the road selling something. Really? Uh, whether it's fruit or vegetables or carvings or whatever, people all along are trying to sell a few things to make a little money. What about the-, the language? I mean, how did you get by with the language barrier? I didn't. The language is Chechua. Okay, it's called Chechua. What was the money? The money called? Uh, Quacha. So Chechua and Quacha is the language. Okay. Yes. All right. Now let me tell you the, about the one of the more unique experiences. Okay, this guy named David that works my friend Jack arranged for us to go out into the country and stay in his village. Oh boy. Now let me describe this village. We were going to be there 24 hours, eating, sleeping, and living as they do. Did you know what you were getting into? Uh, uh not entirely. <laughs> Okay, so here's this village. Every village has a chief, okay? And as we got into this village, the chief was a woman, very small, very short. And when you meet her, you put your hand out to shake, you put your left hand on your chest, and you bow to the chief. And really? she and she likewise bows. So that's the, the custom as you meet the chief. So you stick your right hand out and put your left hand over uh, your chest. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, and then bow. Yes. Now, in this village, there were 4,200 people. Now, again, keep in mind, no electricity, no running water, okay? Uh, the first thing we did is we went to uh, the school part of it. There was a, an orphanage that we went to, had these beautiful little kids from, you know, just, they are just beautiful. I, that's, I don't know how else to describe it. Big smiles on their faces, and uh, due to various diseases, their parents had died, but they had relatives taking care of them, so they had somebody to take care of them. My. The school, okay, get this, Zeb. 2,800 students in this school with 35 teachers. That comes to about 80 students per teacher. Wow. 
Now, a lot of the, because of overcrowding, a lot of the classes were held outside under the trees. They had some buildings, but uh, a lot of times they would go outside for their classes. Let me ask you this. Do any of the students stay at the school, or no. do they go home every night? No, they go home every night. They do. Yeah. But uh, it was interesting because for a lot of these people, we were the first outsiders to come into that village. Really? There were... Uh, as we went along, crowds uh, got bigger and bigger of these little kids uh, crowding around us, wanting to shake our hands. And what about the curriculum at the school, though? I mean, what are they learning? They're learning uh, just, you know, the math, the science, the, the, the normal things. One teacher does the... Uh, does all of it. I see. Yeah, and they have grades, grades one through eight is the basic, and then there's another four years if you... If you can qualify I see. for the next kind of break. like an old country school. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, they, these kids gathered around as they laughing and joking, and, and uh, we were we were a were they rare... polite? Were they polite? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very polite. Yes. Uh, we met a man called the first consul. Okay, he's like the first assistant to the chief, and he spoke pretty good English. So he did the tour around the the village for us uh, and explaining things. So. Uh, so after we'd done the school and visited, we went to a big open area where they were going to have a dance. Okay. Now, so we've got all these, I don't know how many hundred people, uh, in a circle around this kind of bare dirt area. There was, uh, a, a three drummers. Okay. And they start pounding the drums and people start dancing all over the place and smiling and just having a great time. So, of course, the guy running the drum, I said, Hey, I can do that. Oh no! <laughs> so don't tell me you turned into Ringo Starr. I, I was pounding that drum, Zeb. And, oh. I, and you know what's funny is the people were just laughing and have a great time watching me try to keep the beat with that drum. Did you? Uh, pretty much, yeah. And then we went out into this big open area, and we had there were three groups of women that danced for us. And once again, being, you know, this shy person, I jumped right in and started dancing with them. As, Maybe that was wrong. As, as my brother did. <laughs> <laughs> we were dancing with them, and those people just had a, a great time watching us try to dance like they were dancing. What it, kind of a dance is it? Not that I want you to show me, really. I, you but know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just you just kind of bounce. Jump around and yeah, bounce around? Yeah, you just kind of bounce and move your hands. <laughs> I see. You know? Well, it's not that different than some of the hip hop. No, no, no. Okay. But uh, anyway, then we went to the house that we were going to stay in. Okay. Oh yeah. Now, the people that lived in the house had moved out for this 24-hour period. And there really wasn't much to move out. As we went into this little house, there were four rooms. One really, really small room where they cooked. Two small rooms that if you laid down, it was about big enough for one person. Really? A, the, the larger room <clears throat> was big enough that you could have slept maybe three people. But no furniture. None? No. Well, actually, I should take that back. There were a few chairs, and that was it. Nothing on the walls, no pictures, no uh, shelves, anything like that. No remote television? Nothing. And the house was all made of brick with a cement floor. But they make their own brick with clay. Okay? They make their own brick and thatched roof. And we had a mosquito net that we hung above us. We slept every night with a mosquito net. What about... Now, you slept on the floor? Yes. They had a mat. What about the snakes? Uh, I asked about that, and they actually had a guy outside all night long watch uh, just to, as a guard. 
No kidding. So, oh. now the food, okay? Yeah, that was my number one okay. thing to think about. Uh, that evening we had some food called Nasima, which is a dough-like food made from maize. It looks kind of like dough, but it's a little tougher. You just pull off a piece. We eat with our hands. It's fried? No, no. It's just it's just made uh, with maize, so it's oh. not really cooked. Uh, we had mustard greens, and okra. what did it taste like? Very bland. Very, <laughs> very bland. It was, uh, yeah, that's all I can say. It's just really bland. But yeah. Were you hesitant in eating all this? I, li- I wanted to try it all. And yeah. actually, Zeb, it wasn't bad at all. I, I mean, I ate. Uh, we had chicken that night, which uh, is kind of a rare thing. They don't get meat very often. Really? Uh, the next morning, we had a breakfast of porridge, which was kind of a soy type porridge, and it wasn't too bad either. What did they mix it with? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Any kind of a sweetener or milk or anything? Actually, they had some sugar. Really? Some brown sugar we put on it, and it was okay. Okay. We went and visited their local hospital. No electricity, no running water. In a hospital? Yes, in this very, very small, uh, they called it a hospital. Okay, wow. but the doctor and and I'm, he I don't think he was actually a doctor, but more like a an assistant or something like that. But yeah. he would sometimes have to sew people up by candlelight. Oh my! So uh, I saw many soccer fields that were all dirt. The goals were made out of tree limbs, no no nets. Balls were a lot of times made out of plastic bags that had been rolled up and tied. I saw very few actual rubber balls. No kidding. So, the exper- so very poor. Yes, yes. Uh, another thing they have is what they call bore holes. Okay, for water, it's basically a hole in the ground, covered with a block of cement that's maybe twelve feet by eight feet, and with a pump on the top. What about sanitization of all this? Stuff? Well, that water is again coming from deep down. I see. And so that's not too bad. But every day you go get your water, every day. All the water. Yes. Yeah. Do they bathe frequently? Um, I don't know. They made it. They had a place for us to. Uh, it was a little tiny cubicle type thing, and they brought in some hot water in a tub for us to do our shower. Really? They built an outhouse for us. They built one for yeah. you. If it wasn't built, where were you to uh, go? I don't know, Zeb. I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're hoping to make this like a B and B. So they can a bed and breakfast. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, that's it's on my highlight so list. <laughs> if now I know there's listeners out there that are saying I want to experience the real thing. Oh my! If you really do, you just go to my web page, and I can give you some information. And we paid them to to do this, and they made some pretty good money for us to come out, spend that time, and that goes to the village. You are painting a picture of a people, and tell me if I'm wrong, that are poverty-stricken, but yet a happy people. They are. Zeb, uh, as I would try to uh, mimic the words that they were saying, you know, uh, I can't even remember what some of them are, but uh, Zakomi this or uh, that, and uh, these ladies were trying to get me to say it, and I couldn't say it right. They would just laugh and laugh. They thought it was the funniest thing. Did they know who you were or what you did? 
I don't know. Uh, all I knew is that we were visitors, and they treated us with total respect and kindness. Really? And uh, I tell you what, Zeb, that night, uh, as after the eating and the dancing, we set out on some chairs outside this little house, and the most beautiful sky, the the stars and the moon and well, the Southern Cross, you know, the, yeah. the constellation. What about the bugs and the mosquitoes? Is it as you know, bad as I've read it is? I did not. I never saw a mosquito. Seriously? Never did. Really? Uh, but again, we slept under, uh, every place we stayed, we slept under uh, uh, mosquito nets. I see. So, now one thing, uh, and I, I can see we're probably going to have to continue this Oh, next I week. hope we can because this is fascinating to me. So let me just tell you a few of the customs there, okay? Okay, well, good, bad, or ugly. Huh? Well, here, <laughs> this could be a deterrent for early pregnancy. If a young girl gets pregnant, her family has to give the chief a goat. The young man responsible has to give the chief a goat. So, what if they don't have a goat? They gotta go get a goat. Uh huh. And it goes to the chief, who uses it for whatever uh, for the village. I see. She is the the, the chief is the one that. Uh, like, for example, if you have a, a plot of ground for your maize and a young couple comes up and they need a, a little a little plot for themselves, she's the one that will say, okay, you can have this plot right here. And thousands of acres of this maize. And I said, well, how do you know which one's yours or your neighbor's? Well, they know because they've been doing it for generations. Wait a minute. I get a, is goat theft prevalent over there? I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unfortunately, you know what? We were driving down the road, <laughs> and I saw four young men walking towards us. <laughs> Zeb, you're crazy. <laughs> no, I didn't see very many goats. <laughs> so we saw four young men walking towards us, and yeah. one young man had his hands behind his back. Uh-oh. Okay? Yeah. And as we went past, I looked, and this young man was handcuffed. He, he had handcuffs on. He didn't have a goat. And then, no, he had handcuffs. And so I asked this guy that was our guide at the point, I said, what's going on there? He said, this young man stole something. He's a thief. Ooh. And so he was taken, handcuffed, and he was going to be taken to the police. Okay. How and severe are they? That, it is severe. They, they do not tolerate thieves yeah so uh but this consul this first consul like i say he spoke pretty good english and uh so you know here's the dilemma zeb how do you help people like this okay if you give them money that's not sustainable if you give them clothes that's not sustainable because when that money's gone or the clothes are gone they're, they're still right where they were so the question i'm going to put out to the listeners are how do you help them do something that is sustainable? Okay, now this Airbnb, what they call an Airbnb, bread and breakfast, this village could capitalize on that, but they have got to have a smartphone somehow in the village because they've got to be able to connect to the Internet and the web. Well, you don't have any electricity to plug it in. Well, they actually did have a generator that went to just a few lights in the marketplace. You know what it sounds like to me, and I know we're almost out of time. I can't wait for next Tuesday. But it sounds like politically and leadership-wise, they're really lacking. They they really are. Um, but, 
again, these villages, if, now my, my brother Stan is a businessman, okay, and he made some connections with some people there and that he's going to connect with them on the Internet when they can go to a place to have the Internet and try to help them with a business plan so that, because in this village, you've got to have a plan. They, they're going to have to build a separate little house yeah. for visitors, Okay, and we met another man named Peter that lives in the city nearby called Blantyre. He drives. Okay, so with a little help, Peter could pick up the people at the airport, take them to the village, and Davy, the other guy, could stay with them for the 24 hours. They could have the real experience of Africa and the Malawian people, and then they could go back to the town of Blantyre to stay and maybe go on safaris or whatever. What is, I've only got two minutes left here, what is the leadership of their country and or their state doing to help better their people? You know, they have a president right now, and he uh, has a lot of money. It seems like he's he's nice homes, and he has several homes in the country. Um, as far as they do have like some sort of a representation type thing. Do they care about their people? Well, I think they do. But here you've got a village of 4,200 people. How do you get them to even vote? Or even know who to vote for because there's no newspapers, well, there's no TV, no it radio. It sounds to me like they're easily led to be pushed into voting whatever the government wants them to vote for. They, you know, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that aspect of it. So, in the the town we stayed in is called Blantyre. Uh-huh. Okay, in in Malawi, one of the larger cities in Blantyre. We have a call, and I'm going to urge the caller to keep it very short because I'm down to the gun. Go ahead, quickly, caller. I'm not going to give you more than 15 seconds. I missed the first part of it. Where was he? I don't know. All right, go ahead. Okay, I was in the southeast part of South Africa. Not not the country South Africa, but it's on the eastern side. Uh, It's called Malawi. It's near Zambia. It's near Mozambique. Oh, wow. Uh, There's a lake, huge lake called Lake Malawi. If you find that, that's where we were. You know, i got to run, but I want to say please, please, please don't miss next week. We're going to continue this. This is an excellent story to have on the air, and I'm so glad you're back safely. So am I, Zeb. Did you see quickly any lions, tigers, and all that? I'll tell you about the animals next week. (laughs) And not the black mambas. No black mambas. Were you watching for them? You darn what. I I walked pretty carefully through the brush. (laughs) Dr. History, I can't wait for next week. Thank you, Doc.